This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. Hello, listeners. The world is falling apart. Well, at least the U.S. government seems to be falling apart. But I I don't really have more to add to that. Watch um, great news. I like um, last week tonight. I think um, John Oliver's doing a great job. a great job of just highlighting what's happening in America that is just horrible because of our terrible president. But you could check that out yourself. I wanted to take some time, you know, with this, all these things are terribly happening right now to focus on something that I really like. And that is the show Legion um, on FX. I'm lucky enough. I have the app and I get to watch it weekly. I am one episode behind as I actually discuss it right now. I have only up to episode five, but I'll tell you right now, episode five, the show had already won me over, but then episode five blew my mind. God, it was terrifying to watch, which you know, it's rare for me to actually like enjoy being terrified, but that show does it in such a great way. It's such a wonderful world that they dis- they've been dis- um, developing and discovering as we go through this show. Um, I love everybody on that show. Right now, I'm blanking out all the names of the stars, which is just classic of me. I mean, I didn't write anything down. I'm just trying to wing this. I want to get to the episode. That's more important than my little rants or. Uh, to the to you listeners, but watch Legion. I think the casting is perfect. Is it Noah Hall, Holly? I, I'm probably getting his name. The creator who also did Fargo. I think whoever he's got doing casting is perfect casting. I love it. I love this show. Everything is great about it. And the lead actor, who's now the star in Beauty and the Beast that just came out, um, which I haven't seen. I don't know if I will. Maybe I will. I know. I hear it's great. But he is also the the lead or one of the main leads. In this movie called The Guest. Oh, God, I love it. Um, I think that's a great movie, but definitely watch Legion. It's such a cool exploration of the X Men universe. The storytelling is not stuck in classic TV structure, which, you know, maybe I one day will have the chance to write TV. I hope I can get so good at structure that I can break it like that this show does. It just leaves it all behind, but tells a better story than I've seen in such a long time on television. It's wonderful. Not that I've watched everything, guys. Let's be honest. I am probably the last judge of television that can be really credible, but this show is wonderful. I love it. It visually is beautiful. The Every little discover we have in the story is exciting each and every week. Um, if you're not watching it, I highly suggest you're watching it. It's rare that I will boast about a show. I'll probably boast about it until the show ends. People will probably tell me to shut up. Whatever. See, watch Legion. Watch it on FX. Now, let's. That was long about a show that I have no ties to. But let's get to this um, episode of this week um, with a very 
wonderful guest of mine. He's a co-host on The Meat Improv with Josh Simpson, who is our last guest. They um, actually co-created and co-host that wonderful improv show right here on the same Boardwalk Audio Network. If you haven't yet, um, definitely check that out and subscribe to it. It's super funny, wonderful improv show. Um, Jay Shabor is a great friend of mine. I, I could probably have a whole episode where I just sit here and talk about it and praise him how he's such a nice guy. He's a very generous guy. He is a hard worker. One of the funniest people I know. Um, so funny, he makes himself giggle every time he says something funny, which it may be a little bit of a dig at him, but I love it. Uh, he is great. He knows how to go blue, but has a balance of intelligence every time he makes a blue move in improv. Um, I love his. I love his take on everything. He's just a jolly guy. Yeah, and he's the one guy, if I could see every action movie, I would. Um, we were supposed to see John Wick 2 together, but that didn't work out. Um, but we, he was the one I saw the first John Wick with. But anyways, enough. Uh, my guest, such a great guy. I, I believe I just said his name, but let's get over to this great episode with Jake Jabor. I'm here with Jake Jabor. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, hi, Jake. Hi, how are you? Great. Good. <laughs> we just watched the movie The Heartbreak Kid, not mm-hmm. the original, the remake. Yes. By the Farley Brothers starring Ben Stiller mm-hmm. um, this afternoon into the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, um, Jabor, since you're the only, <laughs> out of the two of us, you're the one that had seen it prior to today. Yeah. Give us a quick synopsis of the movie we watched. Oh, just like a summary of it? Yeah, just like a summary. And uh, feel free to spoil things. It's okay. Uh, ben Stiller plays like a hopeless romantic uh, who falls in love with Malin Ackerman. Uh, you, then they go down to Mexico, and it turns out that he may have been too... He may have rushed into the marriage. Uh, he had to marry her for legal... Like, to help her out. And then you discover that she's... Uh, got all these like quirks and uh, stuff that makes her uh, hard to handle. Um, and then he finds he meets a new woman, Michelle Monaghan, and falls in love with her. Uh, and it's about him like trying to figure out what to do. And then um, there's like rumors and uh, classic miscommunications, classic Fairly Brothers like slapstick stuff. Uh, he ends up with, uh, then he breaks the news to Malin Ackerman, uh, but Michelle Monaghan doesn't want him because he's a dirtbag. He tries to get her back. <laughs> he fails. She comes. Uh, he gets one last chance, but he fucks it up. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the entire movie. If you're listening yeah. and you don't want to watch it, Jabor just yeah, gave it all it. to you. Uh, no, uh, that's not true. It's you gotta you see it. Yeah, um, great. Before we get into really talking about the like uh, the, the movie, I was about to say the meat of the movie, and yeah. it was almost like it felt like it would lead into your podcast. Great, we'll watch a movie and then improvise <laughs> off of the scenes of the movie. Yeah, that's what we'll do. <laughs> we'll get to the meat of it, yeah. uh, which everybody should listen to your great oh, podcast. Oh, thank you. Um, but. 
I reached out to you. This is one of the. I, this is, I think, the second or third one that I've actually reached out to somebody that I know you are. Like, instead of asking you to like come up with a movie, yeah, I heard you already t- one before. I've heard you on another podcast <laughs> that I was a guest on as well. Talk about this movie in defense of in defense of this movie. Plus, I, before even that, I knew that you liked this movie, yeah. and it's a movie I'd never seen just because it just looked terrible in the trailers. Yes, <laughs> but you have said multiple times how much you liked it. Yeah, so. If without me, without my context of why I asked you to be here, yeah. in general, why would you want people to see this movie? Oh boy, I don't think. Well, <laughs> now I don't think I do. Uh, that uh, came up talking uh, on the other podcast with uh, with Joey. Uh, Joey Virgin. Yeah, yeah. I. Um, Oh boy, it uh, it has not aged well. What I, I somebody recommended it to me in college. And so you was didn't like, see it in the movie theaters. No, okay. somebody saw it and went like uh, my my good friend John, uh, who I went to college with, who I think has like the best sense of humor, uh, was like, you know, what's not bad. Uh, the Heartbreak Kid uh, and we got high and watched it and I laughed so hard I could not believe how funny I thought it was because I generally don't even like Ben Stiller movies uh, why do you or generally Fairly not, Brother movies yeah, why do you generally not like Ben Stiller movies I don't know I just feel like they're kind of like cookie cutter predictable like he plays like a guy trying to keep it together and then he always like has a moments where he freaks out or what, like uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think he's uh, traditionally that funny, and I think the Fairly Brothers like haven't made a like they've burned me more than they haven't. So for sure, part of the re- this movie I went in with no expectations, so I think it really delivered on that. And I think what also works for it is like it is a movie that is, uh, and I only recently discovered this. It's like this movie. I think what worked for worked about it was like it has so many misdirections and reversals and that's really like uh what like they teach you to do in screenwriting it's like uh just constantly have reversals and setups and payoffs like and it does that throughout the whole thing uh so while the content is like not great uh and i've had a lot of like uh oh that's these are not uh, these are jokes at uh other people's expense that are not great uh it still does this great thing i think where like you think it's going to be one type of movie and then it turns out to be something else and you think a relationship's going to be one way and it turns out to be another way and like uh so having low expectations and then it continuing to do that uh like made me laugh the first time i watched it and then i watched it again and I was like, this movie I still think is very funny. And then I didn't watch it. And then I recommended it and watched it again and went, oh, this. Uh, I've done a lot of growing up since this movie. Uh, and how now old here were I you am. when you saw it? And you I said mean, college, but how old would you have been? Yeah, uh, like, oh boy, uh, nine years ago. So like uh, 23, 23 wow. maybe. Yeah. Okay. But I think at like 23, like we're still sort of figuring out our sense of humor and we might be open to more. And you maybe just haven't had life experience yet that like, that, that like was opened definitely you up. It. Yeah. Like, cause I can look back and I'd probably like. Yeah. And it was uh, just like an, yeah, that was definitely it. I didn't have life experience. I didn't have 
perspective or any of the things required to go like, oh, this movie is made for like white dudes in a college. Like, uh, it is a very white movie. Like, yeah. when we were watching it, I I almost made a joke about it, but I was like, eh, I don't need to. I think yeah. we both get it here. We're poor. We're two white guys. We acknowledge there's so much white in this, other than Carlos. Um, Mencina, who I think, um, who's made up to be very stereotypical with his mustache and even, yeah, um, it's everybody's white, right? Like yeah. I can't think of another other than him. No, it's, who the other diverse cast members in this? Uh, there are none. It's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. I mean, the, the closest you're gonna get is that Ben Stiller and his dad are Jewish. To yeah. diversity, yeah. right? But it's like, right. but you're like, nah, you're white. Yeah, it's terrible. You're and right. I, th- I, I, you know, uh, I don't know. Unfortunately, I think it's reflective of movies of that, like. Reflective of how much things have changed in the last 10 years or something, which is like a positive thing. But it's, it's very like, positive. I was like, are all Fairly Brother movies like this? And I was like trying to think of them. And I was like, yeah, I think they kind of are. I like, think you're 100% right. Dumb and Dumber. All, there's no real diversity in that. Yeah, there's something that. about Mary. I don't. Yeah, all yeah. no diversity in that. Uh, Shallow Hal. Shallow Hal is Sh- about. I mean, the, the half that movie is just fat shaming. Like that is that is what it is. Uh, they try to come around on it, but it's like it still is. Yeah. Um, but even like even their like approach to like. And maybe this is a knock on them. Sorry, Farley Brothers, if you're listening to this. I doubt that you ever will. Yeah. But so you could take a knock on them. <laughs> like, they're like their big their big calling card for a while was we're open to like uh what we perceive as the mentally ill or uh like um me- uh, mentally handicapped. Yeah. What we would label as that. And they were like, we're going to put those people in our movies. Like, that's what all of them were like, Shallow House Friends were all that. Yes. But you really look at you break it down, and you're like, nah, it's still all white. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, they did... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, me, myself, and Irene. I guess has a oh, that's true. We have the, the black, which Bridget. is like, <laughs> oh, and his three sons are yeah, his three black. sons who are uh, funny. Yeah, they don't. They do a very bad job of it. Yes. I will. Uh, we have to acknowledge. It. Yeah, I mean that's why maybe that maybe that's purposely why. In that, did you watch the last HBO's Greenlight? Yeah, and how to like maybe that's like maybe like there's a part of it that thinks that like behind the scenes maybe producers are like, you know what we do. We bring the father of us who've really never cast diverse. Yeah. We bring in, what's her name? The producer, the black producer. Iffy? Iffy, yeah. We bring her in. She's clearly going to want, like, maybe I can honestly yeah. see HBO producers going, yeah, that'll make a good show. Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they could be. Uh, yeah, because those guys, yeah, they could, uh, yeah, they could do a much better job. Everybody could right yeah, now. Everybody absolutely. could. Right. Um, but, great. So, you want people to see this in a sense just for like, almost like even though it has its flaws, it has have some like for you or mm-hmm. in general, not even just for you because – We'll get to it. I laughed a lot in this movie. And yeah. I thought I generally set myself up to think I was not going to laugh at this movie yeah. at all. Um, but it has the merits of, like, tools to maybe borrow from to make a successful, like you said, screenplay or a comedy. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think I was watching it today going like, oh, you know what? I uh, 
the way in which it heightens a joke is very much the way in which I write sketches. Like, I just realized that today that I was like, wow, I was probably like, cause I, yeah, I guess I was just out of college or something, but it's like, I watched this movie at a time when maybe I was more like, um, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, like when you're in college, you're more, mindful of like taking in a process and then like like a sponge yeah yeah investigative or inquiry based and it's like i must have watched this at a time and i was like oh you can take a joke and make people think it's gonna go this way and then you go this way with it or like here's where you think the boundary or the limit is and then you push beyond that limit like uh and you are like and I and I mean this as a compliment. Sure. I knew as soon as I said what? No, go for it. I'm I can't wait I for think a compliment. You are this is what I find like fun as an improviser, because we've improvised now for several years. Yeah. Um you do that. You have that skill to be like you every time I have ever been on stage with you, it's like you you know how to throw that thing where like like a comedic red herring of like We'll go that now. We're going this way. Oh, and thank you. Oh, that's oh, and thank I you. Think, I thought you were going to say like you know how to push things too far. <laughs> well, you that is part of your pro- sure, like thing yeah, too. Yeah. And I like you push things. I would never say I've ever been in a scene with you, Jabor, and like been like. Jake went too far tonight. <laughs> that would be right. Well, right. Do you know how to go up to that edge or take it over the edge in a comedic way? Hell yeah, you yeah, do. I think, yeah. And I think you do that in a great way, but it also is not. You do it in a sense like, and if any listeners understand where <laughs> our process comes from, with like UCB and game, uh-huh. you know how to push it to the edge or beyond the edge within those boundaries. Oh, That's thank what you. I would say. Yeah, I thank you. I think it, this movie sub. Does a great job of subverting expectations for sure, and that's sort of what I, I guess I took away from it. Uh, that's all. Like that's my favorite kind of comedy. Yeah, like I think that is actually turning out to be some of my favorite things of just storytelling in general. Mm-hmm. Like I just recently, because we're recording this in the middle of my like thirty-one days of uh, to scare Dave, and I'm watching scary movies every day, which is really daunting. Actually, not the scary part. Just trying to watch a movie a day is hard, <laughs> but. Um, I watched a horror movie recently, and it took so long to like. There's this slow movie called The Invitation that, like, mm-hmm. apparently a lot of people loved, but I was like, it took so long to like subvert for me the expectation. It was like, what the fuck? You've already set up the world to be weird because of the tone, so I'm just expecting. I'm like, I, everything's already weird. Yeah. So what are you going to subvert? Right. When shit hits the fan, you know what yeah. I mean? It's almost. So I think you're right. I think this movie does. For example, let's get right into it. I think you're completely right, Jake. I laughed. I laughed in the first scene of this movie from a genuine place because it's set up perfectly a subversion. You have, and it did it visually real quick. This movie didn't waste any time. No. Those credits are short. Yeah. It's just like landscape, boom, we're in. It showed Ben Stiller, who's like, I, I guess 40 because they... They grade his hair. Yeah. Um, even though he looks a little younger than he's supposed to be. Yeah. I think he naturally just looks weirdly younger. Yeah. But then his older, much older dad, played by his real dad. Yeah. Uh, um, Jerry his, Stiller. Jerry Stiller. I couldn't think of his first name. But he immediately, you're thinking, old man, we immediately, as a culture, go, old man from a 
different generation is going to be like think of marriage and like relationships a way different mm-hmm. way and then Ben's going to be the younger immediately we hear um, Jerry just like saying smash pussy yeah and you're like what you broke an expectation yeah, yeah. it to made me very, laugh yeah <laughs> to be very technical he says crush puss yeah there you go <laughs> which I'm embarrassed to say I was called out on like two weeks ago for saying that I always say crush puss in improv <laughs> Uh, and then by a coach or called out by somebody like called out by Marina. She <laughs> she made a dirty she, joke at a meal, and I went, "Oh!" And she goes, "Coming from you, you say crush pussy in every improv scene." <laughs> then I told that anecdote to a team I coach. That team then put on an entire night where they the entire night was doing impersonations of me. I was supposed to play that, but we had our benefit show. Yeah, I had to miss it because I was downstairs on the benefit show. Uh, And and multiple improvisers did impressions of me saying, crush that puss. (laughs) So... Uh, I'm sort of glad I didn't come up because I probably just would have said said it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So if you're, for whatever reason, paying any attention to my life... <laughs> and you're not my parents, who are the only people probably paying attention to my life and who don't care to know this. That's probably where that originated from. Okay. That is so funny. I think you go through stages, though, because uh, I'll defend you to those people that you that hasn't been there forever. Because, oh, thank you. Because early days of Squeeze, it was always that you would bring a blowjob into a scene. <laughs> okay, remember? well, that doesn't defend me much, Dave. <laughs> Like, no, he's not just about crushing puss. He's about sucking D. Like, oh, okay. Well, well, thank I'm you. I'm just saying you go through phases. Sure, yeah, I you're do. Not, you're not, you know, your track changes. You're not yeah. going to Yeah, I was on a baby punching uh, phase for a while. I love it. Great. Punch this is going to ruin me. Okay. Well, your girlfriend could definitely call you out on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> As she should. She uh, makes me a better person. <laughs> Great. Okay. Ah, that's so funny. But like, getting like hopping and then continuing onto this movie, I found my like again. I I thought I was walking into a movie that I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. We're gonna sit and watch this. Yeah. And like, I guess I don't know. Maybe it was just what I've heard from other people, or maybe not even heard. Just. Maybe the fact that no one talks about it. Yeah. I expected this movie to be one of those ones where I'd be like, this is going to be hard to sit through. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to find it funny. I'm going to be like, you got to be fucking kidding me, George. <laughs> like, really? You're a funny guy. How can you like this? Yeah. But I genuinely was laughing. Yeah. Pretty early and through the majority of all of this movie. Yeah. Like, I have to admit that. Like, I can't, like, lie that, like, oh, I see why this movie works. Yeah. And, like, Probably, but again, like you, you keep saying it's dated uh, poorly. It it has, but I don't have to do anything with the dating. It just has to do with that those just 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 those jokes will no longer land, or it's just like poorly crafted jokes. Yeah, like yeah. the they're big, cheap. Yeah, they're very cheap jokes, and one of them like let's talk about the sex scene. One of the sex, one of the sex scenes. Great. Um, clearly, this movie was just to show off. What's her name? Uh, it felt like short Malin Ackerman. Yeah, I was like, oh, she'll show herself. Let's make a, let's do through these scenes. Right, she'll show herself. But the scene where she asks to get hit by him, mm-hmm. it essentially does work. Like maybe maybe culturally at the time, like 
But it's still, I mean, even even anybody, even if you are like, we're more of like a progressive or open sexually like uh, culture or society mm-hmm. or whatever. But there are people that are still going to be weirded out by like getting hit in sex or anything yeah. that subverts from missionary, right? But that, like everything's going fine in that scene in a sense of like breaking that, like setting it up like, oh, normal sex. She's a little wild in bed. There's expectations even with that to yeah. the point where she's like, hit me. And he's like, no, hit me. I feel like there's enough there, right? There's enough to play. Yeah. And I like I think I even turned to you in the middle of this movie. I was like, well, this, this scene worked until yeah. they dropped faggot. Yeah. That's where it's like, because I'm like, in my brain, I immediately go, I bet you plenty of, I bet you plenty of guys can kick the shit out of each other in sex. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that. Like it has that has nothing, and it's almost a little bit in the little girl thing too. Yeah, but it's like that's not the weird. Like it just feels like they're off on what's weird about her. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. The. Uh, um, yeah. It, it, yeah. She that, doesn't want to have sex. So you think she's like she says she wants to wait. Sex is an important yeah. thing. Then they get married, and then she's like, "Let's go fuck." Uh, and then you think like, "Oh, Ben Stiller's going to get what he finally has been hoping for, which is sex with this woman he loves." Uh, it turns out to be an unpleasant experience from the get go. She's like very intense, uh, and he doesn't know what he's doing. He feels like unmatched in the bedroom, which I think is funny. Uh, then she, he says, can we try missionary? And she's like, what's that? Which is like a funny thing, too. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah so that's I think like, that's all funny. I didn't think maybe the Farley brothers handle it a little wrongly. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, yeah. Uh, yeah. She says like, and then the next time they do it, it's even crazier. Like, uh, and it's worse for him. And I think like, yeah, I don't know. That's it's funny. It, and I don't know. It could be a funny one-time joke of like, oh, you, we made you think she was this kind of person. She's this kind of person. But they do it multiple times in multiple aspects. How she is in the bedroom, how she is like uh, with her occupation, all these different things yeah. about her. Like uh, even like you meet her and she's getting, you think she's getting mugged. And then it turns out that the crazy guy was her boyfriend. Like, uh all those like, I like that you learn this stuff when Ben Stiller learns it. Like, yes. I think that's very. Fun. I think that's what makes this very fun. Yeah. Um, have you? I I want to back up to that scene where you, the reveal of her won her her job and her boy her yeah. her past boyfriend. Because I actually found that scene very funny. Yeah. And I found that information very funny. Yeah. And that was the first time I actually, I might have said it during the movie too. Like. If I felt a little bit of like the Neil Simon coming uh, yes. through, yeah. Do, do you have you read Neil or seen Neil Simon no, stuff? No, not really. I'm, I mean, he's 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 very funny but dated. Like it's almost yeah. like his plays need to be just like the specifics need to be updated and they yeah. still work. But that that like scenario of that being her boyfriend that stole the purse that yeah. in that original scene is so funny to me because. That is comedically so funny to me. I don't yeah. know why, because the way that they wrote it was so perfect. Because when you, he's literally yelling at him, "This is mine. 
this yeah. to Ben Stiller. This is mine. Let go. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, oh, that guy's crazy. Yeah. Then when you find out later, like, oh, that shit was his. Yeah. I think that's so fucking funny. It's great. And like my brain, like putting it together goes, oh, that's great. Like, and that felt very Neil Simon to me in that manner. Uh, just smart, like very smart comedy. Yeah. Um, in, in those breaking of those patterns, have you, and that really brings me to like wanting, have you ever seen the original? No. I haven't either. I've heard it's good. Yeah. And it was directed by, uh, what's her name? That was Mike Nichols' um, partner. Oh my God. I don't know. Uh, I can't believe I can't think of her name right now. That is very sad of me. Uh, yeah. What I is get her that. name? Uh, oh my. I don't know. May. May. What? Uh, this is going to drive me crazy, Jabor, that I can't think of. Think of her name. Um, um, that's really upsets me that I can't. Think well, of I'm her sorry. Name. Oh, Elaine May. Okay, Elaine May, Mike Nichols, and Elaine May. They were like this duo that did like these great improvised sets and mm, stuff comedically. Okay. Then they went off to do like Mike Nichols became a great yeah. director. Elaine May. I'm not very cultured. Some... I only know the remake with the Fairly Brothers. <laughs> it's okay. I was just curious. Has like, Charles Grodin, I believe, is in the original. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I've heard other people talk about it and how they think it's really good, and I was just I yeah, mean, I would be curious to, to see it. Me, we, maybe we, it's a better version. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, um, and it's a different time too. Yeah, it's like I think that's a '70s movie, and this is a 2000s. Yeah, and but I could hear a little of that language in there, and I think that's funny. But then they like Farley Brothers in this one. If it's like you could, I mean, when we were watching the credits, there's like. It's not just the Farley Brothers. There's like fucking six writers on this movie. Scott Armstrong? Yeah, Scott, Scott Armstrong's one of them. And, and Leslie Dixon, uh, who's written some other comedies. I yeah. don't know what else. She's, I can't think of what she's written, but she's written some other stuff too. So it's like, uh, yeah, you know, and yeah, also the, yeah, I don't know. Well, like, what I'm wondering too is like how much did they really, Farley Brothers sort of just plug in their own weird shit because there are moments that just don't work for me sure to get in the way of the actual like the story of this I actually think is really funny and sort of actually something that's uh, uh, universal a guy that can't like gets into something and then wants something else mm -hmm. is universal yeah I don't think that, that that's a bad thing like this movie sort of ends up because of the Farley brothers making Ben Stiller by the end like you sort of are like on this weird really thin line of like are you just a fucking monster man are you yeah. just a piece of shit yeah. when I think genuinely if you do this movie sort of right even if you were to change the sexes if you were to remake Heartbreak Kid and make it that it was a a female lead yeah you can I think it would work if you really just play with the fact that that's a normal fucking reaction sometimes to have sure that we all go through like I have this it's working well but what if I have that you yeah. know what I mean yeah and then this is a character that can't not won't right that jumps rather yeah. than fucking just goes oh I chose this yeah um, does that make sense yeah I think so but they sort of lean in and I think that's a little bit of the Farley Brothers plugging a little bit of like their their jokes go just so either crude or just their slapstick sometimes doesn't make any fucking sense in this yeah like in the love scene where they're falling in love Ben and uh, the first his wife yeah that part where she like they're riding bikes and trying to kiss I'd be like I get it you're breaking the expectation of the kissing gag yeah but she fucking 
<laughs> gets in a bicycle rack that looks like it would fucking wreck you. Yeah. But then she just bounces back and you're like, where where does this, this slapstick move fit in here? Yeah. I think weirdly, I think that they subvert the expectation in that scene because this was like coming after Ben Stiller was sort of like playing like so the, they're, oh, I know what you're the saying. idiot. Yeah, like, he's been the idiot. Like, there's something uh, yeah, about Mary. And, like, he's typically, yeah, his uh, female co-star is, like, the straight person to his weirdness, right? So, yeah. like, this, that's also kind of what I like about it, is that, like, it's a movie where Malin Ackerman gets to be super funny in a ton of different scenes. Like, she gets to be the, like, weird character uh, to his straight man and yeah. I think like um yeah you don't like I, I like that that it's not like uh these like like um I don't know like sometimes they make women in comedies like uh they're no fun and like Ugh. oh they have to put up with these dumb men and I like that like uh he gets wrapped up in it like you think it's gonna be that kind of comedy sort of where like He's a hopeless romantic who keeps fucking up. And it's like, they get to Mexico, and she can't stop singing. She's singing, like, a thousand different songs. And she's bad at math. And she, like, snorts apple juice. Like, those things are very funny to me. Yeah. And I think she does a great job with it. So I like I, that part I agree of it. with you. And I think that does subvert that. And I think that's what kept me in, is, like, breaking those expectations. Yeah. I think the reveal of her being... I want to talk about that. Reveal of being math is really funny. Because it's not like, oh, I do math bad. It's that her justification for looking at two old fucking people and going, that's going to be us in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> They're clearly in their 80s, possibly 90s. Yeah. I thought that was such a funny I joke. I hope it's more than 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm really bad at math. Yeah, it's like, nah, it's nothing, that, that has nothing to do with math. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just like common sense. Yeah, it's really funny. So funny to me. And it had moments like that throughout the whole thing that I thought were funny. Yeah. Um, but again, I have to like I, I have to actually pull back even as much as I try to criticize the Farley brothers that they just play in extremes. They play in huge strokes. Yeah. Because you look at the the Cordry character, he's just playing that typical I'm a guy that bends down for his wife. Yeah. I don't think Farley Brothers are intentionally going, that's how all marriages are. Right. I think people can walk away that want to, that think that that's what they're trying to do, but I don't think they're trying to do that. They're yeah. just saying, we're going to take this thing that we've seen in life, and we're going to throw it to a comedic extreme. Yeah. I think, yeah. Sometimes I just don't think they have a take on something, and it just feels like an easy joke. Oh, uh, for sure. And it's like... Like, I think if you go back and watch South Park, which also pushes things to extremes, South Park has takes on things. Like, they they have a, taken an idea that's unique to them and, like, says something. And I think the Fairly... I think, like, yeah, early 2000s, you could group Fairly Brothers movies and South Park in, like, the same brand of humor. But it's, like... South Park usually had something to say with it. Fairly Brothers were just like, here's an extreme crude joke we think is funny. Uh, and the, you know, the the 
I don't know, the bummer or like the thing about it is like, yeah, the Fairly Brothers movies don't really hold up because they're like, well, what the fuck is this except a tasteless joke? Whereas like South Park, I think like still has some value in those early episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot like, ever. Well, yeah, watching it again, I was like, oh, boy, I have really uh, come to have some realizations in my life. And like I'm like in it, there's a part of me that's like, oh, it's there is an upside to watching this movie and going like those jokes are not OK to make because uh, it's like right. now I know that now I have that knowledge. Uh, but there are. Yeah. The style, the structure with which the movie is written, I think it, far exceeds the structure of most comedies I've seen in theaters. Like, uh, the, of recent, like, what was the last, what was the last comedy you saw? Or last comedy? Pop star. Which How I, was that? I, I didn't it was see okay. it. Okay. It was okay. I didn't think it was great. Uh, I saw the brothers Grimsby, which was fine. It didn't, but, yeah. I watched, I, somebody that was working for that company, like made me watch two trip, not made me. I yeah. I gladly watched yeah. two trailers and they were like doing interviews. Like, so like to a scale of like one to 10, how much does this trailer like make you want to see the movie? And both times I was like, one, I'm not going to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some funny jokes in it, but I think the structure is not as great. Like, right. uh, do you yeah. think, do you think that means that? Similar to Farley Brothers, like these these people making these comedic uh, movies are just going for the cheap jokes throughout to try to keep the movie going and less of a, like a story and then and then punching it up. So it's like great we have this we have this comedic structure that's breaking like you said it, yeah. expectations. Yeah, they're just weaker in that. Yeah, in that regard. I think so. Yeah. Cool. When was the last one that you? What was the last comedy newer that you saw that you thought really did that? That did a good job? Yeah. Because I don't think I see enough comedies. I really don't. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been... Yeah. Boy, I don't know. Um, I do not know. I, think, I, don't, I don't know what era that comedy's been going through, because we've gotten so stromedy. Even Louie. Yeah. And, like, things that are getting praise are dramedies, sure. right? Yeah. Veep. Yeah. Brilliant. Dramedy, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of television I watch that I think is very funny. I think... Uh, but movies like a good, yeah, a good movie that's a comedy like of recent. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I don't know. I'd really have to think about the last one. I was like, that was fucking great. Like right. it's surprise. Oh, Spy. Spy was yeah, the they subverted. Spy it was awesome. I thought Spy was so funny. Great. There you go. <laughs> well, go watch Spy. <laughs> go watch Spy. That's what this yeah. is for. Uh, Spy bored me. Really? Yeah. I, I got it, but I didn't like I find Paul fakes direction. Mm-hmm. I find the people he puts on camera, I love. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Fucking Melissa McCarthy, you're funny. You're always going to yeah. be funny. His direction bores the fuck out of me. Sure. It just feels like his can It just feels like his camera doesn't have a point of view. Yeah. And that... And I'm not saying, and I and I want I want to put that though that I don't think you have to have an extreme point of view. Like, I don't need everybody to shoot your movie like Edgar Wright, yeah, or Quentin Tarantino. But I feel like I want a little more. Yeah, like I think his movies just they lack. It's just too many people in front of the camera that he's pointing at and going, "I'm taking pictures of you being funny," but not like getting in on it. Yeah, that's all I want. I get that. Uh, so he always gets me halfway. Sure. 
that makes sense um but yeah the people in that movie were very funny yeah my thought mm-hmm. I thought they were fine I agree yeah <laughs> I agree uh, Heartbreak Kid I'm trying to think like what else uh, we get like yeah like he wow like there's some insane uh, the classic setup that we were laughing about we were like like the classic setup that like early on in a wedding he makes a joke to some kids because he was put as a as a single man in the pretty much the the sing- was it was called the singles table yeah. Early homo or early homophobic joke, by the yeah. way, fairly early. Yes, in this movie at the wedding with the m- mistaking a gay man for the for the, but then they subverted again by like, of course the the wedding the planner. wedding planner it was gay. Yeah. It's just he picked the wrong gay guy. You're like, oh boy, yeah, yeah oh boy. it's not great. Don't double down. Yeah, <laughs> just don't make the joke. Right. Yeah. Um, but then the joke is that so he sets up to these kids yeah. that he is like, yo, my wife was killed by an ice pick. I'm not, I'm not yeah. a loser. And then he of course runs into these kids during this whole vacation Cabo, and they start spreading the rumor. Yeah, <laughs> he killed his wife. Yeah, with or his wife was killed. Yes, by uh, by a killer with an ice pick. Therefore, that's where there's a misunderstanding between him and the girl he, the yeah. woman he's met. It's not his wife. So f- he says he's married. They say they know. He think he's saying it because he's yeah. on his honeymoon. They think it's because his wife was killed. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that's great too. That like every scene uh, has a purpose for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, it pushes. Yeah. There's new information added. Yeah, there is no scene that's just like in those montages. They're like heightening, but it's like yeah, the every story is they're like slipping in exposition or like. Uh, which I think is great. I think it, yeah. Um, I I think all the they're all idiots. Like, mm, but they're like idiots in, like I think they're all selfish. Uh, except for maybe Michelle Monaghan, they're all like selfish idiots and uh, like. So I don't. I like that things don't go Ben Stiller's way. Like, I'm not rooting for him necessarily. I don't don't think you can root for him, right? Yeah, and I kind of like that it's a romantic comedy uh, where it's like, I don't like any of these people. Like, Mm -hmm. but I, but they're not necessarily malicious. They're just selfish. Like, I don't know. There's something about that that I, that's like, yeah, uh, this, they're a bunch of, Idiots, dumb. Uh, no, I think you're right, and it is pretty interesting that they la- that the, they went for that. They were like, "We're not gonna." L- Even if you choose to root for him, yeah, you sort of would say something about yourself. I'm not sure that's what the Farley brothers are at all going for. Most likely not. Yeah, but if you end up rooting for Ben Stiller by the end of this movie. It's, it's kind of a commentary on who the kind of person yeah, you are. Yeah, just because he's the protagonist doesn't I mean he's uh, doing good. Yeah, the protagonist in a romantic comedy doesn't have to be a likable guy. And I think, yeah, now we sort of play with that uh, assumption in comedies and television, where it's like, um, you know, uh, bridesmaids. She's not like she's not a she's. Got like she's got a lot of faults uh, yeah. throughout that movie. Uh, like yeah, or you said Louis or any of those that where it's like oh, I'm watching this character try and find love, and this character is like 
it's not like woe is me. It's like, oh, they're having trouble finding love because they've got a lot of faults. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah, I think it's way fun. It's more, and it's getting just more vulnerable and to what we are. Yeah. Um, showing really what stops us. Right. When we try to achieve something is what we already are carrying with us. It's not like an outside <laughs> yeah. thing. It's usually like, oh, you're stopping yourself. <laughs> I can relate to that. Sure. <laughs> um, in that regard, uh, oh, what was I going to say? I just totally forgot that was one other thing that was a good point you made, though. Um, is that the end, like the end of this movie really just drives it home that he hasn't, he hasn't changed at the end. Yeah. Our character does not, after, like, you think, which I think maybe is why one of the greatest jokes that we laughed at, and you said it's your favorite joke, and this is like, he's trying to get on a train with hobos, and they're clearly reaching out, giving their hands, guys giving his crutch to him, and they get him in the train car, just beat the <laughs> shit out of him and throw him back out. I which love that joke. I think it's so good. I love that joke. It's so simple, but it's the best. It's so funny. And that sort of is like, that joke works in this movie really well because this guy doesn't change at all. Right. Life's gonna kick the shit out of him, not let him get the girl, he's gonna fuck up, and then in the end it's like, oh, she's back in my life? I'll lie to her again. Yeah. Just to have it revealed, oh, I'm already I'm married to another person. Yep. And then I'll be oh we need to talk because this person showed up. Yeah. You are fucking you're the fuck up. Yeah. Nobody else is fucking up around yeah, you. Yeah, he's a big fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a different fuck up because like you said, like they are subverting rather than going with like Ben Stiller being like, um, I'm hard I'm trying my best and everything else is raining on me. It's literally like if you really start from the beginning, nothing's raining on him. Right. Everything is going his way. Even if you break down all the crazy shit she does, yeah. I would go out on a limb and say, like, that's just shit you have to put up with. Yeah. People have their shit too. You yeah. are just an asshole that doesn't want to put up with shit. Right. Yeah. And that's never going to happen. Yeah. You're never. I bet you if you were to follow this through, Miranda's character would be as fucking weird as any of the yeah. previous movies. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll never be happy. <laughs> yeah. You got to learn to be happy by yourself yeah. before you can, uh, can't change other people. It's true. Right. Yes. We've really this okay, so this so in the end it was like Farley brothers have taught us something today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, those jokes. I think those jokes could just be like erased from it. Yeah. Like the jokes that you're just like, Oh, the mom's fat. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. It's a bummer. This, you're just like, ah, why can't you just why can't you find something that's even more fun or like yeah. imaginative to make the mother weird? Yeah. I think and like yeah. Uh I don't know. Try Which harder. is probably why it has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's, uh... Yeah. You know, I am really, like, uh... Look at it. I'm really trying to say, like, it's got this fun stuff in it, but I don't... Uh... I don't disagree with anybody who's like, this is not good. I get it. Uh... But I, I think there are some things in there that you don't expect that are funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. I 100% agree with you. I laughed through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I genuinely had laughs that came... From a good, a good place, yeah. Not, not all laughs of like, did they do that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Well, we talked about the heartbreak here. I want to have one more question for you, Jabor. Okay. Um, so my podcast is about movies that I I watch anything once. Yes. Yeah. Is there are there movies, Jabor, that you typically avoid watching? Oh boy. Uh, and why? If there are. 
Um, yeah. Uh, I don't like. I watched this like German horror movie called Mama, and I wanted to leave the theater. Uh, it was Why? like weird. I don't want to say like it wasn't quite torture porn, but there was stuff that was just like, oh, this is a, this is so unsettling. I'm not getting anything out of this. Spoil something. Uh, the, I want to know the the two kids think their mom is possessed, and they like tie her to a bed, and I think super glue her mouth closed, and like put pins in her eyelids or something fucking crazy and i was like this is the one with the two twins yeah yeah yeah. okay Uh, so i try and avoid those um and then also like is that generally in horror movies for you or just that kind of like that kind i can hey i can do okay in a horror movie they do make me uncomfortable a little bit uh but i i'm i'll I'll leave going like that was rough for me but i i had a good time uh But I think I tend to avoid those one. Like uh, it's like I uh, I get it. If it's weird body mutilation stuff, I think I'm like uh, I get it. I think if I had to boil it down, that would be the stuff that I like avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't think I don't know. Uh, sometimes if they go too independent, I'm turned off. I think I was like watched a bunch of indie movies in college and thought I liked them and now I think I kind of avoid them like I, I had a copy of Thumbsucker in college and I don't think I like that at all I don't like Thumbsucker at all and I, even when it came out yeah because to me like what drove me nuts about that movie is it's like it's trying to be so inspirational yeah and by the end it, literally the inspiration is like just get out of town and go to college and yeah. by the end I'm like I get you're putting this music over him running around in New York but I'm like nothing's fixed yeah. There's no guarantee. What the fuck are you like? What lie? This feels yeah. like a lie to me. Yeah. And, but I went on to like, what's his name's second movie, Beginners, a lot, which is weird. Oh, I didn't know that was the same guy. Yeah. Uh, Beginners made me. I cried through yeah. all of Beginners. So I wept. Uh, I cried in the theater through the whole movie. I'm a cry Which with is that weird. Movie too. <laughs> For you? I don't know. Uh, you don't cry a lot in movies? I went and saw it with two people who did, had no emotional impact oh, on really? him. And I was like, and my cousin, and my cousin was like, somebody was like sniffling through that whole movie. I was like, that was me. <laughs> I was like, why? I was like, I don't know. It's an emotional movie. It deals yeah. with a lot of Yeah, I don't think I'll watch shit. it again. Oh, really? I've watched it before. I've watched it multiple times. Hmm. But okay, so in, like, what are the? But back to the indie thing. I just want to know real quick, like, what are the? Because I kind of included myself on the on sector opinion. But what are those like tropes? If if you have to name them, what are the tropes in indie movies that you're like, God, nah, too indie, like, or just like formulaic um, to an indie movie? Uh, too ambiguous, like too vague in what's supposed to be happening a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, like. <laughs> uh, Sometimes I feel like if the if the intention is to say like what am I saying? I'm not saying anything. Like if the point of the movie is not to say anything or whatever, or if it's yeah. like it's like oh no, I don't. Uh, I, great, I'm glad you put a lot of effort into making a thing that didn't have something to say. But I like even if it's comedies, I want them to say like, hey, this is funny. Uh, so like there are movies where it's like so, uh, 
just like me meandering is uh that's kind of a cheap shot i don't think that's fair but that's how it feels to me oh and i don't watch war movies typically why not war movies i don't know i don't enjoy them they're just I think too it's, intense even not that it's intense it's just like watching watching act like i love action movies but that feels very that's feels very f- stylized and fictional movies that depict like the world wars I have no interest in seeing them. I think I can get on board with you to like to a certain degree on that. That I don't like a war movie. Like for some reason, I can do Saving Private Ryan because they went out of their way to try to make it feel like what it was supposed the closest they could get. But I'm not a fan of a war movie that then kind of brings in action movie tropes. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. start to like. Rate like show it in that weird. I'm like yeah. action movie is fictional, like it's a very fictional world, right? Yeah. Like I'm now in the mindset of like if I watch an action movie, I have to like kind of brace myself and get on board that this isn't the world. It's not the world that we exist in. So yeah. if you bring in that fictional world into a war, I'm gonna be like I'm gonna check out. I'm gonna be like no war is fucking gruesome. Yeah, it's too much for me. I get that. I can I can feel you for that. Um, indie movies, yeah. I don't I don't get that whole like you gotta have a point of view. Yeah, I think so. Even if you're the dumbest thing, you gotta have some sort of like. This is why we said this. This is why we want you to watch this. Yeah. And nobody like. Oh, I didn't say anything. If you're hanging out with that person, you're like, I never want to hang out with that person again. Right. <laughs> You'd rather sit with somebody that had a clear point of view if you disagreed at some, with it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Well, um, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for introducing the Heartbreak Kid. I think we have to do another episode sometime soon where we watch the original. Great. I'm in. Fantastic. See you then, Jake. Okay, buddy. <laughs> If you want more from Jake Jabor, you can follow him on Twitter at WakeUpWithJacob. Also, you should definitely check out his wonderful show that he co-created and co-hosts called We're Gross with Gilly Neesom. It's a wonderful live kind of talk show, um, sounding like a late night but more adult um, talk show at UCB Theater. It's a monthly show, so definitely check out their calendar. And I tell you right now, don't miss We're Gross with Gilly Neesom. It's a wonderful show, and it celebrates what makes us all gross and individuals that stand out. And, you know, what's gross about us is beautiful. That's why I love that show a lot. I'm a big fan of it. Check it out. Again, that is We're Gross with Gilly Neesum. Also, he is a co-host and co-creator of quite possibly the greatest improv podcast in the universe, The Meat Improv, with Josh Simpson and Jake Jabor. It is a great improv show where many great guests have come on, and they do this every week. They tell stories from their lives, and they use that as inspiration for to create real super funny improv scenes. Definitely listen to The Meat Improv. 
In addition to that, you can see Jake Jabour improvising around the greater Los Angeles area with many great teams, one including Copycat at UCB every second Wednesday of the month. It's a great show that I am also part of where we have a guest team perform an improv set and then we attempt to perform the same improv set again. It gets crazy and really fun like the movie Multiplicity with several different crazy versions of Michael Keaton. Um, Definitely check that out. That is the second Wednesday of every month at UCB Sunset. You can follow the podcast on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter at IWWAO for any updates. Also, you can follow the podcast on Tumblr at IWillWatchAnythingOnce.tumblr.com. And if you as a listener have a movie you wish I would watch and discuss on the podcast, you can email me at IWillWatchAnythingOnce at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from all of you. And please remember to click on Support Our Artists to help all of the great shows here at the the Boardwalk Audio Network. Thank you again for listening, and remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. It's Mike Nichols and she's Woody know. Allen. She's in the new Woody Allen series that no one's going to watch. Uh, <laughs> Is no one going to watch that? I mean, I'm I'm going to because I want to watch. I like Woody Allen, yeah. even with all the shit that his. his Play, you know, they plagued him and accusations and faults or not faults, whatever. Oh, oh I that, see. Um, I'm gonna watch it because I like his movies. I like I like his stuff. He's a funny writer to me, but I under but I respect people that are like, no, I'm not gonna. Oh, I that see. Monster. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.